On 11-16 SEN, the Four Diego's. Welcome to the final whistle here on 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you as Elvis just winds down to a very quiet song. Here we are. Welcome to the Four Diego's finals, final whistle. Hey, and thanks to the commentary team, the SEN commentary team, Ed Wyatt, Clint Bolton and JP Howcroft, bringing you another Melbourne victory, victory, where they defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1. And we'll get into the, all the details as we progress. Uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez, Vinny Venezuela, welcome back. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be here. Yes, and uh, Warren, you're, you're looking happy tonight. The <laughs> yeah, result right. was as you expected. <laughs> yep. and, uh, you're lucky I'm here, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. No, no, you, you were here. It's good to see you, Warren. Yeah, it's good to see you too, Vinny. Uh, <laughs> you were here before anyone tonight, I have to say. And uh, Carlos Alberto Diego, you... You're here as well. Yeah, You're good excited. evening, Rodrigo. And uh, <clears throat> as Elvis Presley winds down the music and uh, you know, I just wanted a bit the of pelvic thrust. Yeah, I just wanted a bit of uh, silence. Just Warren's before. got as much interest in tonight's show as Dimi, Dimitar Berbatov <laughs> in his days at Tottenham Hotspur when he when he knew he was off to somewhere else. No, no, see, you don't care tonight at all. No, Should have been taking and, notes, and, Warren. You're showing contempt. To the victory fans out there who are getting in the car, they paid good money to go and watch another win from another great side, a side that you actually you actually nominated, and I ridiculed you what two months ago, saying they're the best ever A League side. I, I still think way before way before their time, but yeah, they're I getting am there. before my time. They're, they're <laughs> getting right. there, you but, but you're showing the fans contempt. At least I'm being honest. <laughs> Look, I've told you enough times that victory is so good, it's really starting to annoy me. (laughs) And it's actually genuinely really starting to annoy me because I can't... Well, I think it's pretty much all over for the season. They can't be defeated, I wouldn't have thought. And they shouldn't lose another game. They're that good, Carlos. I mean, in the end, victory fans out there... Is this your type of Irish mozzing? It's my reverse mozzing. Victory fans out there shouldn't care what They've I think. They've played seven games. Yeah, that's it. And you think that the league's over? It's Pretty over. much. Yep. Well, All right. I'd love you to know, hear what they... They don't care what you think, Warren, yeah. but they want to break you. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'm already broken. <laughs> well, look, tonight's all about you, Victory supporters. Give us a call, 94291116. What, what's the hotline tonight, boys? Did you, did you work that out, Yeah, we sort, of, we sort of had two, but yeah. you go ahead, Vinny. Well, I think it was going to be victory owned the town. Yeah, they do. Once and for all, it's they just, do. it's clear. Yeah. 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 So, they always have. They always have. They've got the treble even now. When, even, even when City sporadically decide to play well and win a game, and they'll win tomorrow night, by the way, away from home, they'll, they'll win, City, because that's what they do. But well, then they'll disappoint for the next three weeks. <laughs> Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us your thoughts on what happened tonight. As I said, Melbourne victory defeated Central Coast Mariners two uh, one. 
Guy Finkler scored two beauties uh, in the 16th and the 19th minute, and then just towards the end there, Matt Sim uh, scored in the 89th minute. It was at Amy Park in front of a eh, healthy crowd of nearly 17,000, 16,669 people. A decent crowd for a Thursday night, um, so well done to the victory. 9429-1116, it is the final whistle, and we want you to talk to the Diegos. Tell us what you thought. Are they, are they playing it on a Thursday night for some reason as I throw my pen <laughs> in the air? Is it because they've got a, they'll have a backlog later on with the ACL games? Is that why they're doing this? I'm not, not sure, actually. I think they're just trialling some uh, Thursday night games, actually, just to... Just I, I kind of like it. I yeah. like it, but I, I, don't, I, I think if they played this on a Saturday night, they'd get 20,000. I mean, from a financial point of view and a numbers point of view for victory, you'd probably want to play all your games on a Friday or Saturday. But the Thursday night, you know, you'd leave your Thursday night games to, I don't know, Adelaide? Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide games? You know the odd Brisbane game, but yeah. the big the big ticket teams like Victory, you know uh, West Sydney Wanderers, they oh, play them on the Thursday. I thought it was a decent crowd tonight, yeah, and I no, thought it is. Um, I thought right at the start of the game tonight, uh, Central Coast Mariners had a bit of a, as you would say, Carlos snapping their shorts. Yes, they but, did. Uh, they, were, they were plucky. Yeah. Then <laughs> I don't know if you can you be plucky with a snap in your shorts. Well, you can. You can. Yeah. You absolutely can. Mm-hmm. You're just maybe a little bit restricted. In your <laughs> but nine four two nine eleven sixteen, or send us a text message on zero four. Double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We're going to try and catch up with Mike Zapponi a little bit later on from Fox Sports. In fact, we will because he's always there and he's always ready to take the Diego's call. Um, but nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to Bobby in Jakarta. He wants to talk about the scheduling tonight. G'day, Bobby. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. Uh, legends, how are you? Yeah, yeah very well, Bobby. We don't like to talk about our legendary status, but uh, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank God you do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk tonight about uh, the scheduling. Um, you know, midweek, towards the end of the week, 8 p.m. start. It's, it's very late for people like myself who um, have, a, have a young family and my two boys are 9 and, and 12 and love to go and watch the victory. But I, I just think it's a little bit too late during the week. Is there any reasons that you guys know of that would it have to be that late? Bobby, yeah, Bobby, I just I just threw it to the panel. I'm not really quite sure. I think it may be because obviously there's going to be a fixture pile up for victory later on with the Asian Champions League games, uh, and I think you know as much as a Thursday night game is something that's you know I don't prefer. The eight o'clock kickoff is probably because of the traffic and getting everyone into the ground in a in a in a very comfortable way. Because if you start off at seven thirty with people coming from all over the place, it's a Thursday night after work. You know, you, you might get the complaints that you know there won't be uh, you know, people might not get in the ground by the kickoff time. I, I'm just, yeah, you know, I, I don't know about the Thursday games, but I just think it's because of the the fixture pile up later on down the track. Yeah, Bobby, I actually think it's the um, FFA's way of trying to even up the competition. If they <laughs> can actually start playing the victory at, at um, crazy times on crazy nights, we might actually get a few other results. Look, I don't think it's a bad idea to experiment with different nights. I know in other football codes, particularly in the NRL, they look at Monday night games, and that's a way of you know getting a different audience, getting it as a standalone game when it lacks a little bit of competition. I don't think... That's necessarily the case with this game because it's most likely a, a scheduling thing. Hey, Bobby, apart from the scheduling tonight, what did you think of tonight's game? Uh, listen, you know, Melbourne Victory are a powerhouse of this league and um, on and off the pitch and just week to week just sort of reinforces that and it's, um, it's great to watch, to be honest. You see the, the, the league's, um, you know, Manchester United over in the EPL and teams like that, I think that Melbourne Victory are going towards that status and Bobby, uh, victory without Parisha still look good, don't they? 
Oh, listen, he's, he's the cherry on top of the cake, but um, you're still going to lick the icing, aren't you, boys? <laughs> yes. Yeah, with uh, snapping your shorts and uh, and being plucky, that, that's really the sort of terminology I'd use too. Bobby, um, no, still 10 o'clock. tell us what, tell us what the, you know, when, when Finkler scores the goals he does, and both goals tonight were absolutely brilliant goals. Uh, you've got to give credit to Oli Bazanich with the first one, with the one-two mm. nutmeg and, and great finish by Finkler. And then the free kick, which was uh, you know really up uh, uh, Finkler's alley as far as the way he takes those uh, those kicks. Um, tell us what the fans, how they're reacting these days compared to other times you know in the history of victory when they've won games and they've won premierships. I don't know there seems to be at the moment me this sense of excitement uh, you know, with Barbarousas, with Finkler, with Barisha. You got real excitement machines in these in these in this team right now that uh, seems to excite people more than just winning the way you have in the past. Oh yeah, I think you'd probably compare it to um, Hawthorne fans with the AFL at the moment. You know, they're just it's just a gluttony of of talent and spectacular play. And um, you know, once you start to whip the friends the fans up into a frenzy, it just um, snowballs and. You know, I just want to say on uh, Oli Bazanich, as you touched on him, I think he's been absolutely brilliant so far this year. I mean, uh, Spike Milligan looked like it was going to be a really massive uh, hole to fill, and I reckon uh, Bazanich is um, is flying, and Keith Fickler and Ben Kafala and these blokes, the things they do week in, week out, it's just, it's, it is brilliant to watch, and people can compare us to the other leagues around the world, but... Um, as a spectacle, it's just getting better and better and better. You, you've got to agree with that. Oh, I definitely agree with you, Bobby. Hey, mate, thanks for your call tonight, and uh, keep calling the Diegos, and if you're going to call us legends, you can keep calling us. <laughs> All the time, so, yeah. Um, well done. Thanks for that insight there, Bobby, from Jakarta. Hey, 94291116, the, uh, the hotline tonight is Victory Own This Town Hotline. It can't be more self-explanatory than Absolutely. that. 94291116. Now, just, just going back to the scheduling... I understand why they might experiment with a Thursday night, but why experiment from a financial point of view with Melbourne victory if it's not because you want to give them as much rest as possible for games coming up in the next couple of weeks? Because victory on a Friday, Saturday, will get twenty twenty five thousand at a minimum, right? By having them on a Thursday night, you know, 16000 on a Thursday night's fantastic too, mm. by the way, but it does, it does uh, you know, almost... Uh, stop them from getting that extra income that they would if they had a Friday or Saturday night, where it probably wouldn't make any difference to someone like a Melbourne City or, um, I don't know, a Brisbane Roar or, you know, even a Sydney FC. It's a better look, though, having, uh, you know, a miss. You know, if, if you're going to have a miss, you know, in terms of crowd, it's better to have a miss of 17,000 than it is of, you know, 5,000. So maybe maybe it was let's let's do it with the best drawing team in the competition, see how it goes. But but and I like your point before that it could be just catching you know, making sure that they get enough games, you know, yeah, maybe. In, in the back pocket yeah. before they go to the um, Champions League. Well there's a whole lot of different ways to schedule. The N- the NRL run a um a schedule that they they don't actually decide on where floating. games are played until six weeks before. And the Friday night games become what they classify as the best games. Now I think one of the A-League's problems in terms of building home crowds for teams other than victory is the fact that you don't own a time slot, that it becomes very you know, fluid in terms of where you play. So it's actually quite difficult to organise yourself around when you're going based on when your team plays home games. And I think that's 
the nature of television. It happens in rugby league as well. And, and you're right. Paul, Paul makes a good point on the uh, SMS. It's Thursdays about ratings and testing the market before they move into the next you know, ratings negotiations. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what the uh, ratings were on Fox Sports tonight. But uh, good point, Paul. And uh, it's definitely about the expansion or potential expansion of the, the A-League and, and the new rights. You'll need so. to find it perhaps another night when you get a couple of extra teams in. Yeah. Well, there's no point having... Uh, you know, something there to, to test out the ratings or draw ratings or impress the perhaps the next TV rights holders when your away team's wearing Hawaiian shirts <laughs> yeah, at the game. Tough. Please. My first thing my wife noticed tonight was sitting there watching the game. She goes, they're wearing Hawaiian shirts. And I mean, and she said, they would have had a panel of people who would have sat down with a graphic designer and they would have had a couple of approval, you know, phases. You know, process of approval. You know, the first concept. Yeah, yeah. They would have gone through three or four different... Important people at that club, people who made big money decisions at that club would have okayed and ticked that off. I, I'm not sure, but I, I think I might have heard that they went to the local community. The, pri- the primary the, school. The, the members. The, what local primary school? I'm, art, I'm not sure. Art class. I, I said that, <laughs> but, but I thought I'd heard that somewhere where they had a competition. It worries me, Rodgers, that it actually got through a number of <laughs> levels of decision-making at a professional football club in Australia, and they're proudly wearing the Hawaiian shirts. Which, if you're a stoner, actually sort of <laughs> might, might get you sort of on board. It's not the worst. I mean, because, you know, it's not the worst jumper. Uh, what's the worst jumper? No, it is. No, it's not. It, what, okay, what's the worst jumper? What, in A-League? In any, in any league. I'll, Have you I'll seen say, the Hawthorne away strip? No, yeah, talk about football now. You said in any sport. No, I'm saying anywhere <laughs> in the world. I mean, let's talk the biggest sport in the world, right? You name me a worse shirt in world football. In fact, let's make that a hot topic tonight. Oh, is there a worse shirt? <laughs> a parallel in, hot yeah, topic. Yes. Is there a worse shirt All right. in, in world football in the Central Coast Mariners, a uh, Hawaiian shirt? Okay. It actually looks like a marijuana bush, too, oh, by the way, just quietly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the yeah, right. yeah. You know, I'll say that uh, in terms of colour... Maybe Norwich is uh, the canary, green, the, the the yellow and green, but I, yeah. I still find that it looks like a Real Madrid shirt compared to <laughs> Central Coast Mariners. All yeah, right. but can I just say that as far as shirts goes, I was thinking that uh, if they just kept the saucy, the the, the sauce <laughs> bottles, and if Mambo designed, yeah, that would have been a cool. That could be cool, Vinny. Yeah. You are you are the uh, Trent Nathan of the Four Diego's, but uh, <laughs> hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Victory own this town hotline. Let's go to Luke in Epping. He wants to talk about that fantastic Fink. G'day, Luke, and welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, Luke, how are you going? Good. Good. What did you think of uh, Guy Finkler's goals? Uh, I, I liked his free kick. Yeah, uh, it was good. Brilliant curl on it. But, uh, middle corner, sort of top, sort of bottom. Excellent goal. Now, Aiden. Is that the sort of... Luke, it's Luke. Oh, sorry, Luke, sorry. Uh, Luke, are you going to be practising that in the backyard tomorrow? Yes. Yep, and, yes. and how many will you be nailing? Because I, I, I'm getting a sense that whenever uh, the Fink does this, that you go out into the backyard as soon as you get home and start practising what he does. Of course, no matter what time. <laughs> That's great. How do you get the curl? Because I struggle yeah. with that. <laughs> Do, See, Rodrigo, oh, Rodrigo can't get the curl with the toe, po- the toe, the toe bash that he does. That's right. Well, right? I, I do them in my slippers. Yeah. And, you know. But, um, hey, Luke, so you're obviously very happy. Um, yeah. what, was, what was another part of the game that you enjoyed tonight? Oh, I think the second goal. Uh, first, well, first goal. Yeah, I love that. I love the build-up to that goal. Yeah. That was yeah. beautiful. And just the, pl- and just the play. 
Bazanich. I love him. Yeah, so you must be very, very pleased that, you know, that your team owns this town. Yes. Yes. Good on you, Luke. Hey, thanks for calling the Four Diego's. I don't think this is your, the first time that you've called us, but uh, keep on listening and keep on making sure Dad and your mum keep taking you to the football. Thanks for your time and there, Luke. And practice hard, Luke. Practice hard. There you go. That's little Luke from uh, Epping. Or uh, uh, Diego's regular. I reckon, I reckon about ten. Well, he's about twelve years old. Yeah, 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 about that. In ten years' time, no, in six years' time, he'll be scoring curlers in the A League for Melbourne Victory. Yeah. At, oh, Did we get a surname for this kid? No, not he'll yet. need representation too, my life. <laughs> and uh, in thirteen years, I want him to be in a documentary <laughs> saying. It turned around for me when I spoke to the Diego. Yeah. <laughs> they listened. They cared. It's going to be called November the 20th. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, 94291116, give us a call. We'll take your calls right throughout the night and uh, on 0433981116. Um, look, what was the – we got some interesting uh, text messages here from Marie. Um, Marie's telling us that uh, her daughter got a hug and kiss hello tonight from gorgeous Danny Alsop. He was at the game, go victory. Um, and Sydney FC can beat Melbourne victory. Uh, oh, right, Brian in Footscray. I thought Brian was a, I thought, I thought he moved to, uh, to, uh, Melbourne victory from, uh, Melbourne City. Um, but anyway, so there you go. Let's take a break now on the final whistle and, uh, come back with more of your calls on a night where Melbourne victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1 in front of nearly 17,000 people at Amy Park. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. If hard man Vinnie Jones was a cab driver and he had Andrea Bocelli in the back seat, he'd rev up the engine for 50 minutes and charge him full fare. To all you mothers out there, world footy really is a nice game for the kiddies. This is the Four Diego's. Welcome to the final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport with the Four Diego's. We're taking your calls right throughout the night, 94291116. Uh, we'll catch up with Michael Zapponi from Fox Sports very, very shortly. And, uh, and we're taking your calls, as I said, 94291116. And please direct your calls directly to Warren. Yeah, look, Warren. Because Warren. he's just so disinterested. He's a Berbatov tonight. You're, you are just a Berbatov. Actually, who else is a lazy footballer in world football? There's another hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> lazy You're footballers. Because that's what Warren is on radio tonight. Well, lazy. What was one of the hot topics? So it was about the shirt. Um, wasn't about it? the shirt. Any worse? Any worse shirt in world football other than the um, yeah. uh, Central Coast Mariners well, one? Frank in Preston says, "Who's their major sponsor? The Beach Boys." <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, Matt says the old Aussie vomit tips were the worst. Yeah, so no, that comes close, but still, uh, we won. We won not you a lot have, of games. We won have you been to the Central Coast, Carlos? Yes, I have. Yeah. What do you see a lot of? I, I see lovely people. Do you see palm trees? Who work hard. Yeah, yeah there's so. palm trees there. Yeah, so. So it's a representation of the local oh, community. So let's uh, put the Westgate Bridge is, on the. This yeah, is a football city. club. I mean, really, is that your yeah, argument? Yeah, we should put the Westgate Bridge on the Melbourne City because <laughs> yeah. the defence is about as good as the Westgate Bridge. Yeah, and Jowie says the Aussie camp shirt is uh, also uh, one of the worst ones. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. The blue of that shirt with the yellow. I don't mind the blue. The blue with the yellow palm tree is actually okay. Oh, it's the yellow. You can't have trees it's on the a way strip. It says a man who strip. got married in a Roger David suit. <laughs> don't, don't disrespect the Roger David. <laughs> no, not at all. Like very, very good There goes one sponsor. Yeah. Very good Bang. business. Actually, Roger, call us. 
or David. We don't care. 94291116. Let's go to Aidan in Lilydale. G'day, Aidan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for holding on. Yeah, not a problem, please. Uh, how are you going? Yeah, good. How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, pretty ecstatic about that win. Excellent. What did you like about it? Oh, you know, just overall just played well. Strong in the midfield. Lacked a bit in the defence, but, you know, there's always going to be a down. Um, like, there's always going to be a down in it, but, you know, there's, so, always, there's always a positive. So, Aidan, it seems like, you know, they're planning with their squad rotations and who they're resting, and, and even when someone gets sent off or goes off to Holyrood duty or something like that, they always seem to have uh, a team that's competitive. And uh, is that, does that, I mean, is that something that gives you a lot of confidence, the way Kevin Muskett and his coaching staff are handling the squad, given that there'll be a fair few games to play later in the season? Yeah, well, we've got a lot of depth in the squad, which, you know, we've shown with Manane coming in and also who was up, uh, George Howard, like, you know, yep. he tried his nuts out, didn't get what he wanted, like, didn't get a goal. But, but it, yeah. it was good that he got a run. I think that uh, giving him some t- time in, in big A-league games is, is going to serve him really well. Yeah, um, also I want to ask, how come we have to wear our away strip? I heard that it was something to do with balancing out the sponsorship uh, uh, commitments because this, the strips might be slightly have slightly different sponsors on them. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard really? somewhere. I haven't heard that at all, but uh, I didn't even notice that tonight there. Aiden, so that's interesting. Well, if anyone from Melbourne Victory is listening, uh, please send us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Or if yeah. you are from Melbourne Victory and want to talk about your club and how well you've done tonight, give yeah. us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. So there you go, Aiden. Hey, thanks for your call, mate. Really appreciate that. And uh, if you're in the car on your way home from the uh, football tonight, uh, like uh, Ben from Shepparton, hey Diego's in town for work. Great chance to watch a game. That's uh, that's what Thursday night does. And uh, Mark in Reservoir, yeah, uh, apparently stuck in the MCG car park, yeah, going nowhere. Boys. On your mark from Bandura, we'll probably get home about two two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely, go victory, yeah. says says Mark. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the victory own this town hotline. Rodrigo, can I just say that perhaps the uh, the other reason for the the away strip was sort of to lure the uh, disgruntled, disenfranchised Melbourne City fan because <laughs> from a distance the white and the blue, you know, <laughs> might, make it, messages. Might, might make it you're looking that way, and then you see ah. Oh, the team's winning. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting. Let's get on board that team. It's getting tough. We're getting closer. <laughs> right. We're getting. Cool. I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you all. You've been a little. I'm getting closer to yeah. just walking out. No, don't walk I out. I won't walk. I'll walk out on the hour. I'll make it clean. Yeah. Win the, uh, don't well, use, they'll don't, win tomorrow night. I don't, it doesn't they'll matter. Tomorrow night, Carlos. It doesn't matter. They'll win tomorrow it's night. It's insignificant and irrelevant. Okay. I don't, anyway, I don't care. Yes, you do. Let's Actually, go to, Carlos. Sorry. Sorry, oh, Rodrigo, go, they won't win tomorrow because if there's one game John Aloisi wants to win, True. it's going to be that one. True. Anyway, of course, tomorrow night they go up to Brisbane, Melbourne City do, and uh, looking forward to that game. Let's go to Mitchell in Croydon, Want to talk, wants to talk about Rashid Mahazi. G'day, Mitchell. Oh, hi, guys. I think uh, Rashid Mahazi played a pretty good game tonight. You know, he kept out Caceres, you know, he only had limited amount of touches, and also think uh, Bazanich played well. That back heel was excellent. And then Finkler just played amazing with those two goals. Amazing insight there, Mitchell. You nailed every one of those points. Uh, the Mahazi one, I was going to mention Mahazi. He's a guy that obviously the favourite for Kevin Muscat. He usually, he usually is the first substitution. 
uh, for someone in midfield. But he started with him tonight, obviously Valeri not being there. And I just see him getting better and better every week that he comes on or, or starts being given a bit more responsibility. And I felt tonight he was actually a bit hard at the ball too. Like he showed him real, some real aggression. I know he, he spent as a young kid some time in Argentina and you're, they're going to teach you how to play a bit of hard football there. So uh, you're spot on there, Mitchell. Really good insight into a guy that I think is going to be a really good player for victory by the end of this season. Mitchell, yeah. is it getting boring going to games and just watching Victory win all the time? It's like, is it, it does it ever get a little bit boring that they're that good? Uh, no, not really. I think it's quite fun watching them win all the time. You know, like we lose some, but mostly we're winning now, so that's good. Uh, you know, I think we're playing really well. You know, and I'm enjoying football that they're playing. Um, now, Mitch, I. Don't really follow the victory. I'm, I'm <laughs> Barrack for Melbourne City. Have you got any advice for me? Because I'm not feeling that good about the sport in general at the moment. Any advice? Uh, one advice I would have is change the victory. Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. That would be easy, actually. That would be a really good way to go. Spoken like the future chairman of the board of Melbourne Victory. Yes. Now, Mitchell, have you got any of your friends who are not victory fans? Oh, yeah, I have quite a bit at school. I'm from my soccer club. Uh, I think Zach and um, Max and all those guys, you know, they support Victory, you know, so it's quite good. But but does any of your friends or people you know in your circle of friends who don't barrack for Victory but might barrack for Melbourne City? Uh, No, most of them go for Victory, Mm. which is good. But my teachers, uh, they go for City, which I don't really like, but... (laughs) But you don't tell them that, do you? Because you want good marks. Yeah. Yep. You can tomorrow when you see a teacher that got barracks for city, you can just say, "Sir, you're a loser." Yeah. Vinny told me to say that. Yeah. Good on see you. See what happens. <laughs> good on you, Mitchell. Um, thanks for calling the Diego's. Make sure you keep uh, calling when we're on a little bit earlier, of course, yes, because of course. we're normally on a bit later than mm. this. But uh, but uh, hey, thanks for calling us, and uh, I'm glad you're having some fun watching the Melbourne victory because you just can't lose. So there you go, Mitchell from Croydon. Let's go to Daniel in Airport West on 94291116. Wants to talk about uh, something that the Diego's have been discussing a little bit, mm. and that's Fahid Benkel for last form. G'day, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Diego's. Um, yeah, look, I've been a bit surprised about his form of late. Where um, me and uh, my, my good friend Anthony here, we're hoping that he's not going to be the next. Uh, uh, Flores, where he has a, a gun season mm-hmm. and it's turned into a bit of a flop. But um, we have got a bit of a theory. We we do tend to have a bit of a punt out at Crown Casino, <laughs> and uh, we have seen him uh, many times at the poker tables at Crown. So okay. I'm hoping that uh, he hasn't lost uh, a lot of dough, and maybe that's playing on his mind at the moment, possibly. Is he? Is it after curfew? Should, should he? <laughs> what no, time are you seeing him? No, Three a.m. in the Princess Cupria. <laughs> In the, uh, in the evenings, mate. So, yeah, so definitely uh, after hours. Well, you know, he's got a bit more money now. It's, it's okay. It's a, it's a perfectly legitimate Let's pastime. not start this rumour that he spends <laughs> right. time at the Crown Casino, okay? Anyway, so, but, but seriously, his form is interesting because he, you can tell that he's trying to play himself yeah. back into form. He worked really hard tonight, I thought, but still, just... The, just yeah, the, timing's not there. Timing's I, not I wouldn't worry there. so much, Daniel. I think he's... Uh, Especially when Archie's back, I think the competition for places at the top, just there's no room for any hesitation or not being as sharp as you possibly can. Sometimes, you know, these people, you know, once they've signed a contract and secured their future, 
there might be an involuntary type uh, complacency might kick in. He hasn't got any, anyone really competing for his spot. Connor Payne still not taking his chances when he gets on. Uh, but he, he, he works really, really hard for the team. And because he works hard for the team, I think, uh, you know, he's not a liability. That's for sure. Are you guys, you, you're serious that, He's going just as well as you'd want him to go. I mean, no, his no, effort no, is there. No, the his effort's there. He's trying. He wouldn't be in he's the team. He's just not got the touch that okay. he had last yeah, season. That's what we're he, he would Warren. not be in the team right now. Muskie wouldn't play him if he's been poor with his attitude, his work rate, and also being out of form. Now, he's not as sharp and as damaging as he has been in, you know, last year in particular. This but time last year, he was yeah, ripping it apart. Yeah, yeah but he, his work rate, yeah. if you watch him in games, and he does float around a bit, he took responsibility when George Howard went out. He's almost playing central tonight. He works really hard. He's just his timing's not right there, right now. But I think when Archie's back, there's real competition for places. Everyone has to be at their best. And I think Kevin Musket, even though they're going really well now, he's looking forward to that time. Mm. I, I, I actually agree. And I, and I think that Victory have, have had a funny start to the season because I think uh, the first few games, Barisha wasn't quite hitting the back of the net, even though he was getting into great positions. Yeah. And I think that he's now in the zone. And I think that FBK is, is working his way to being in that zone. And as soon as he gets one or two in the back of the net, I think it's going to make a world of difference to just his entire approach. Just off the text message, not far from it, we are hands down the best team in the league. Not only won't we lose another game this year, Ooh. we might not lose another one next season either. <laughs> there you go, Warren. That's just for you. Who's and, that? <laughs> anonymous. So He's uh, right. Yeah. He's right. There you go. That's the confidence that you're trying to get no, out of. He's just put a, he's putting supporters. a curse on them. That's yeah, what he's yeah, doing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to Josh in Werribee on the Victory Own This Town hotline. Good day, Josh. What caught your eye tonight? Sorry. What caught your eye tonight? Oh, uh, the whole the whole game. It was really good with uh, Finkler on um, the goals and stuff. Yep. Um. What do you want to talk about? Um, I wanted to talk about the worst shirts in the league. That's where I was trying to lead you, mate. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, Josh, um, let, let me just say, I said earlier in the show, I think my quite possibly the worst shirt in the history of world football across the world. I found one that tops the Mariners. Oh, really? Which one? Yes. There is a 2003 Deportivo shirt yep. that is sponsored by D. Wanker. <laughs> Yeah, what, what, what's it look like, mate? It's a green and white kit. Yeah, okay. It's just like a regular kit, but yeah. it's just the sponsor is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, but there was no landmark on on the kit. No, no, oh, no. iconic landmark, no. like a palm <laughs> tree or anything on a the lake. Kit. Yeah, nothing it's like that. Boring. It's just a, it's just a, the sponsor that was an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah just the sponsor. Yeah, good on you, Josh. Thanks for your call there, Josh from Werribee. Um, just getting into the poor shirts theme and, uh, 9429-1116. Um, geez, people are still stuck in the car park there at the MCG. There was 17,000 people there. Um, Mark in Reservoirs, just, it's like a lifeline to us at the moment. Um, can anyone tell me why Danny Vukovic doesn't warm up in goal before the match with the SWAD? Only the subkeepers warm up. That's a little bit strange. That's interesting. He was a bit narky tonight, uh, Danny Vukovic, wasn't he? He, um, he copped a, he copped a bit of a, a, a Bit of a kick from the uh, centre forward there um, from Central Coast. O'Donovan. O'Donovan. One of Vinny's best mates. Yeah, Vinny's got a rant yes. very soon about him. What a dog. Oh, oh, I say, no, Vinny. Oh, I say that respectfully. <laughs> oh, it but like you it. don't, you don't no, go no, up he, with he, the studs he, up, he, he mate. Oh, he could have broken his... You were the last bloke. Yeah. 
Who I, that's something that came out of Warren's mouth, really. <laughs> well, I was upset, He's ended many Carlos. a career. I know, but Vinny, you I don't, can't. No, no, I, I think he just needs to be reprimanded firmly. Yeah, good, yeah. And he's lucky. Yes, I know. You but know, dog? Okay, no, okay. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, I puppy, was angry. Puppy. puppy I think puppy. you found, I think you might well, find Vinny, yeah. that the victory failed more often than Central Coast tonight, just very quietly. Yes, that, that's career th- yeah. ending. Not career ending. No, it was. That, that looked like, if that was a man of chalk, broken leg mm. straight away. Hmm. Nine, yeah. four, well, two, I know nine. a few people would be able to talk about career-ending tackles, but we mm. won't go there. I, look, Rodrigo, I, I apologise. I shouldn't call anyone a dog because there are kiddies listening. Well, that's fair yeah. enough, Vinny. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll, we'll just expunge that from the uh, from the, from the, from the reel, yeah. of course. Uh, let's go to Sam in Fitzroy. Uh, g'day, Sam. Welcome to the show. Evening, Diego. It's a good show. Enjoying it, boys. Oh, oh, good. Sam. Thanks, Sam. Good on you, mate. Uh, talking about jumpers in the old J-League. I think it was the Kashima Antlers. Yeah. Graham. Arnold did a stint over there. Yep. They had the map of Japan on the shirt, right? <laughs> yeah. Right down to the longitude and latitude. <laughs> lines across the front, right? Yeah. yeah. An absolute classic in the... Yeah. <laughs> now, if it was Kashuba Antlers, I'm expecting the map of, map of uh, Japan. Oh, I'm glad you said Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, map of Tassie, map of Japan, same thing. With antlers coming out of the side of it. It wasn't anything like that, was it, Sam? Yeah, it was there. Yeah, it was actual map of Japan. Yeah. With antlers also? <laughs> I just had the oh, okay. know, Lago. This is going to back, oh, about 15, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about the Euros in France next year, what mm. are the implications of the recent tragic events in Paris? Because, you know, it's going to be hard. Yeah, Sam, big talking point over there. Uh, UEFA came out very, very quickly after those tragic events and announced that it was going to go ahead. There's no way they're going to bow to any of these, uh, you know, terrorist threats or, you know, the promise of any uh, terrorist action over there. Um, I think you would see, if you're you're going to go to the Euros next year, you'll be in the safest place on earth, I reckon. I reckon too. Yeah, I would be really shocked if uh, if anything happened there. But again, uh, they were soft targets uh, last Friday night and uh, it really did change the world as far as, uh, people's perception about what's safe and what's not safe. And, uh, I mean, we even got a call last night, Sam, from one of our listeners, uh, asking about whether we should be worried about going to the football tonight in Australia at Amy Park. I mean, that's what it puts into people's minds. So I think, uh, yeah, look, I, I think there would be no problem at all about any World Cups, any Euro- Euros, because, uh, like I said, they'll, they will go overboard with, uh, with the security. Thanks for your call there, Sam. Can, can I, can I just say that I reckon, uh, Brisbane's, First strip was really ugly. The, the first one, the Brisbane, the Raw, Queensland when they were Queensland. Oh, with, raw. The, with the lion, was there a lion? No, there wasn't. No. It was just all the colours were wrong. There oh, was yeah. maroon and orange. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was a bit. Yeah, but they're the Queensland. They're the Queensland colours. They're state colours. But uh, Carlos, I've gone onto the uh, information superhighway yeah. and uh, eighteen sixty Munich's two thousand and ten kit is quite yeah. a quite challenging. <laughs> it, it's it's a collage. It's a just go yeah. to world's worst football kits. Okay. Uh, and uh, you'll you'll see what I mean. But 1860 Munich's 2010 kit. It's just lots of faces, okay. Carlos. It's uh, oh yeah. Is it worse than? Uh, it's my eyesight's not as that great, Vinny. Is it worse than Central Coast right now, though? Well, it's confusing. It looks okay, like it's confusing. Yeah. All right, let's hey, let's take a break now because we've got uh, callers lining up. We're going to go to Michael's Pony. Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1 at Amy Park tonight in front of nearly 17,000 people. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Former England international and wayward problem child Paul Gascoigne once said, 
I don't like being on my own because you think a lot, and I don't like to think a lot. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on the Four Diego's final whistle this Thursday night here in eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of sport. Victory again defeated the Central Coast Mariners two one. Guy Finkler scored twice in the sixteenth and the nineteenth minute, and then Matt Sim scored in the eighty ninth minute. Amy Park in front of uh, sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty nine people. We're taking your calls on the Victory Own This Town hotline, but before we do, we'll go to Fox Sports' very own and former uh, Four Diego's very own, <laughs> Michael Zappone. G'day, Zapper, and welcome to the show. Yeah, g'day, boys. Good to be here. Good, Mike. I just wanted, just before we get into the football, did, did you manage to give the right Central Coast Mariners their phones <laughs> after the game? Did you hold them for them? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a big week for them, hasn't it? And uh, a week where, you know, you question the culture of a club when... when the football department or when the players are asked to, to hand over their phones or phone records because of uh, what really was, uh, for me, um, a minor issue where you know, Graham Arnold found out the team, big deal. Graham Arnold would know who's starting for the Central Coast Mariners. It's not going to change much uh, in the lead-up to that game. And, and, and I think Tony Wormsley said to us tonight on air that, you know, sometimes... You know, you learn from your mistakes, and I, and I think he'll, he'll put that down as a, as a big mistake, the, the fact that uh, he asked his players to hand over their phones and six of them refused. So that, that's a, a big big learning curve for him. So obviously it was a conspiracy, giving, you know, giving away all the information to, to Graham Arnold. I heard you ask the question there, Zappers, and uh, I, I was troubled by the answer, to tell you the truth. Firstly, yep. he talks about... Um, and I like Tony Wormsley. I think he's got a, a good attitude to the game. Okay, the team's not winning and so forth, but he's got a good attitude to the game. And I think the players are generally playing for him. But that answer, that reply to the, that response to that question, uh, talking about, oh, we, we, you know, we maybe would have done things differently. And then he started joking about it. But such an important thing that can actually really break up the change room. I just think, especially when you're not winning, it just seems like a really strange, uh, reaction to something that, like you said, sounds very, very minor. And, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a rookie coach. And uh, the other, you know, big thing that he, he did tonight was start Nick Montgomery as a as a centre-half. And, and Nick Montgomery, we know, is a, is a great midfielder for the Central Coast Mariners. And that backfired on him as well. But in the first half, uh, they really missed uh, Montgomery's influence uh, in cutting off the supply. And, and Guy Finkler and uh, Oliver Bozanek were having a field day in that first half. And, and he changed that at, at half-time and, uh, and things were timed up. So uh, yeah, he's, he's got a he's got a, a big few weeks ahead of him, and uh, sounds like he's got the backing of the club, and they're, they're more than content with uh, the way things are going on the park. Off the park, there are some some big issues that uh, they need to solve. But for me, I, I was looking at the players' body language and, and and the way they responded, and for me, it didn't look like a club in crisis. Mm. So uh, they're either hiding it really well, these players, or uh, or they're not too uh, concerned about what happened on the, on uh, this week. Zappers, would the victory second eleven probably be second top of the ladder at the moment? I mean, their depth really is something that is, I would say, the envy of all teams. But the retention of their young players and the way that Kevin Musket is giving them opportunity when it's when he's able to give them the opportunity. And tonight was a perfect example with you know Carl Valeri and Barisha not playing and these guys not just filling voids and. Maybe not so much Howard, but certainly Mahazi in terms of the way that he played. It is quite incredible, their depth, if you look at the whole squad. 
Yeah, and it's a really good point because you look at guys like Connor Payne. Connor Payne uh, is, a, is a player that would expect to play every week and, and, and probably at half of the A-League clubs, he probably would be starting every week, Connor Payne. So uh, when you're a young player with uh, a long future ahead, um, at this stage of your career, you're probably not thinking about the dollars and, it's, and you're thinking about the type of club that you're involved with. So guys like Connor Payne and Rashid Mahazi and George Howard, who we saw who started tonight, um, They've all had to negotiate a new contract with Melbourne Victory over the last season or two, and they've had to make a decision. Do I want to play at a different club, a smaller club, where I'll get more game time, or do I want to be at the biggest club in Australia where I know I'm going to have to fight for my spot, but I'm going to learn a lot? And uh, I think most of those young players have made a decision to stay because of the brand, because of the the success that this club has had, and, and I think it's... It's, it's, it all goes well for the future of Melbourne Victory and adds to their depth, and, and that's why they've uh, got such a, it's a, it's a deep squad this season. Zappa Zavini here. The other thing I guess that uh, Victory need to bear in mind is the fact that they can only take three internationals onto the ACL, so someone like uh, Connor Payne might be primed and ready for Costa Barbarossa's position on, on the flanks, you know what I mean? So maybe he's been told, your time will come. Yeah, it's a good, another good point. Here's your blokes make good points. Uh, we, <laughs> we We're handy that. to have around, Zappers. We're very handy. <laughs> <laughs> we did speak. We did ask Kevin that question after the game, and, and uh, he said, look, very much so. The, the players are, are fighting for their spot every week. They're, they're proving to me who can be part of this Asian uh, Champions League squad. Uh, it's a massive decision he's got to make, and you've got those five foreigners who are all very good players and uh, to leave two of them out is, is going to be a really tough decision for Kevin Musket but uh, as Ned Zalich was saying in our call tonight you, you, you probably pick Del Pierre because you need that experience in defence and, and Barisha picks himself as well so these are going to be a few unlucky players who are going to miss out on uh, on the Champions League. On the upside, I suppose, those players who miss out will, will remain fresh for the A-League campaign and, and that's also important. Michael, we might make good points, but you've just given us our hot topic for the next hour. <laughs> Who should yeah. victory uh, take to the Asian Champions League? There you go, Mike. Thanks for thanks for that. No worries. <laughs> Zappers, before we let you go, just uh, the Mariners strip. Tell yeah. us, you know, what do you think of uh, having palm trees on a football strip? No, I don't like it at all. When they revealed it, I, I, I made a comment about it and uh, I'm a bit of a traditionalist, so uh, no, get rid of the palm trees. It's great. I love the Mariners, I love their ground, I love their stadium, I love the community, but don't like the palm trees on the jersey. Keep them at Cosford Stadium, but take them off the jersey. Fair enough. We'll leave it at that, Michael. Thanks for your time tonight and good work tonight on Fox Sports. Thanks, guys. There's Michael Zapponi um, with thanks to Fox Sports. Uh, hey, before we go to the next break, let's go to uh, Stephen in Pasco Vale, who's been holding on. G'day, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Yeah, how are you, guys? Yeah, very well. You still in the car park? Yeah, and I've just got out, just got out. Good. Amazing. One entrance today. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Drive from Wellington Parade all the way around into Punt Road traffic, half an hour to get in. Crazy. Well, we, fa- we just found out that uh, Cole Chisel, um, it's not 1981, Cole Chisel <laughs> are playing at uh, Rod Laver Arena tonight. So, um, yeah, but, so no, but surely that crowd, still yeah, that crowd wouldn't be leaving now. Right. Well, I don't get out. That is ridiculous, though, isn't it? I yeah. mean, 16,000 people on a Thursday night, there wouldn't be that much traffic outside. What is the hold-up? Well, victory, f- victory fans have got to feel some pain somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, 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 a, it's, a Melbourne, so it's a Melbourne city gateman. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, a Melbourne, Melbourne city, city gateman. Yeah, that's right. Right there. On you, Steve. 
tonight. Um, we're getting the stadium, yeah? We're going to sit in our seat. Western Sydney Wanderers supporters sat there last week, covered in alcohol. Everything was sticky. They need to wash the place after those guys visit. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's, it's spick and span in the victory seats. There, there get the any... hose yeah, Get yeah. the hose through there. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other complaints, Steve? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, on, on a good note, you keep up the good work, guys. Great show. Yep. Oh, you. If you saw our studio, it's actually spotless, spotless. our studio. Total football back on Fox. Total football? Yeah, yeah, miss the guys. Oh, yeah, well, Santo, Sam and Ned, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, no, we, we all miss them, mate. Yeah, we need them back. All right, good, good on you, Steve. Good on you, Stephen. I hope you get home nice and safe. As uh, If you're in the car tonight, um, we've got another hour of the Diego's coming up, so make sure you join us on 94291116. And if you're a victory supporter with any more complaints, let us know. Yeah. Because yeah. Warren uh, is having a quiet chuckle about the discomfort. That oh, yeah, yeah the, some of the... The fundamentally core problems that victory fans face. It's just First sticky, problems. sticky seats and slow car parks. <laughs> Gee whiz. Let's take a break now on the final whistle on uh, the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. A groundsman of a third division Italian club turned up at the stadium to find 11 wooden crosses, each bearing the name of a team player, planted in the middle of the pitch. Police said disgruntled fans of a central Italian club, which had lost its last four matches, were presumably to blame. If you play for this club, I hope you sleep well tonight. We are the Four Diegos. The final whistle tonight on a Thursday night. Melbourne Victory again defeated, uh, I'll say it again, uh, Central Coast Mariners 2-1. Good crowd of nearly 17,000 people, um, getting a lot of interesting text messages. Uh, Vinny Venezuela, you've been looking at some shirts there. Um, yes. What, what are your, your favourites? Well, favorites? the Colorado Caribous uh, is, is one that probably is on par with uh, the, the, the Mariners one in, in that it's got tassels. tassels. I, don't, I don't think you put, you should never put tassels on, on, on a football strip. Vinny, is that the one that people should Google? If they're, if they buy yep. the Google at the moment, just yep. Google. Colorado, Google, Colorado, Caribou. Oh yeah, I think it was the 2008 or something. Yeah, sure. But I, I might see if I can put it up on the Twitter. Look, it is the uh, Victory Own This Town hotline. Give us your calls tonight. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Would love to hear what you thought about the game. Apparently, there's issues in the car park. So if you're in your cars, uh, give the Diego's a call. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'll uh, do another hot topic after the hour and after the news. And uh, after the news, we'll also catch up with Anthony Grimer, the GM of Commercial and Media for Football Federation Victoria. Right after this, this is the Four Diego's final whistle on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego. Now here comes Howard again with it on the far side in the corner. Going to bring it back. Set it up. Finkler in the middle. Oh, great back heel. Here's Finkler. Go! Go! Beautifully set up. And Keith Finkler. Big wall for the Mariners. Finkler may, I shouldn't say Finkler, but Zanuck may come in with the left foot. So they're both over it. We know both of them can take a really good free kick. So money's, not, money's on FIFA. 19th minute. 
Let's have a look. Finkler takes it. Oh! Finkler! 2-0. We are going to have a corner first. Sent in from the far side. River end. It's up high. Broxham jumps and gets it. Rose keeps it in. Sim flicks it on. Goal! Matt Sim. He did it last week and he did it here tonight. Ball bounced around. Little flick on from the header. Great stuff from Sim. Never say die. Mariners. 89th minute. The voice of uh, the SEN call team there, Ed White, Clint Bolton and J.P. Howcroft was there as well tonight. Uh, good call by the boys. On a night where Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1, Guy Finkler, as you heard, scored uh, two goals in the 16th and the 19th minute and then late on, uh, Matt Sim scored for Central Coast Mariners in the 89th minute at Amy Park in front of a decent crowd on a Thursday night of 16,669. So victory uh, can't lose. It is the final whistle with the Four Diegos. Thanks for your company. Had a fantastic first hour with your calls and your text messages uh, make sure you give us a call tonight 9429 1116 boys uh, the hotline tonight is, we're going to keep the same hotline uh, is it fantastic Finkler hotline or is it uh, victory own this town hotline it can be both but okay. uh, let's go victory own this town yeah. because it, it, it sort of Clearly. incorporates Clearly. the Finkler yep. one can I put a caveat on the <laughs> Finkler's second goal sure my daughter Lily, who's the goalkeeper for the Point Cook Jets under 11s, <laughs> yeah. she, she could have set she could have set that wall up better <laughs> than Paul Lizzo set that yeah. wall up. Fair income. Mm, mm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, talk about talk about palm trees, the Westgate yeah, Bridge, yeah. the Sydney Harbour yeah, Bridge. Yeah. There was a gaping hole yeah. between the end of the wall and the outside. It was through the branches. <laughs> through the branches of the of the palm trees. Yeah. But you know you what was he thinking? Is it yeah. the is it the outside of the wall? Yep. Meant to cover the far goalpost. It's hard lining up four palm trees. It's hard doing that. But if he got the palm trees to swing in the breeze, was swaying. the wall would have been perfectly okay. Apparently, Warren, he's angling for a Specsavers sponsorship. <laughs> and it is Lily, my daughter Lily's birthday next oh. Tuesday. And a gun so, goalkeeper, too. She's she a panther. Like, she's she, a panther in goal, okay. I heard. She goes okay. They call her panther. Hopefully she won't book. be listening right about now. <laughs> yeah. mm. does, she have, does she have the big gloves? Yeah. No. Like the big... The big... The ha- her hands, you know when the little kitties get gloves, yeah. they go from, like, they're three times bigger and, yeah, yeah it doesn't work that well. Yeah. 9429-1116, uh, it is the hotline, the Victory Own This Town hotline or the Fantastic Fink hotline, uh, 9429-1116. But, uh, hey... Before we uh, before we talk a bit more about the game, uh, we're going to go to the general manager of commercial and media operations at Football Federation Victoria um, and speak to Anthony Grimer. G'day, Anthony, and welcome to the show. G'day, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Hey, um, you've got a big event next Friday that I am actually coming to. Mm. Um, it's the luncheon for the Victorian Football Business Network. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, great. A um, bit of background information on it. Basically, at the end of 2014, um, we conducted a research project which uh, specifically focused on sponsorship within Victorian community football. And basically the project findings discovered that just under 2,000 businesses, large or small, invested commercially in Victorian community football. And uh, basically the financial contribution these businesses make through sponsorship, uh, sponsorship of our 350-plus clubs was and is an incredibly significant. So... Um, as a result of this research, uh, it was decided that um, we'd establish a, a formal community business network to firstly acknowledge the contribution made by these businesses to Victorian football, 
but secondly, give these businesses um, affordable and effective ways to connect with one another and um, also at the same time share and celebrate their passion for the world game and allow them to, uh, I guess, network their products and services by a number of channels, but, but also via a series of networking luncheons that, that we'll hold throughout next year. And basically, uh, the luncheon you'll be going to next Friday, uh, Rodrigo, is basically the, the launch of, of, of the entire network and to, to reveal uh, what we're going to be doing. It's quite a, an exciting initiative for, for not only uh, Football Federation of Victoria, but uh, Victorian football as well. Sounds fantastic. Look, I got really excited because I'm going to a luncheon. Um, I, didn't intru- <laughs> I didn't introduce uh, all the boys. Uh, you, obviously, you know who I am, Rodrigo. Carlos is in the house tonight, and uh, Warren Diego's looking a bit glum. He's a Melbourne City supporter, but uh, he'll fire up. And uh, <laughs> the next voice you'll hear is Vinny Venezuela. No worries. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Anthony, just uh, the, are you calling it the FBN? Like, you know, <laughs> like the NBN, but the FBN? <laughs> no, not at the moment. Uh, well, it's a working title at the moment. Again, we'll, we'll reveal the, the branding and, and we're very, very excited about um, what we've come up with and, and, and the luncheon uh, for exclusively 130 people that we'll have on, on the day. We'll, we'll um, uh, witness um, something that's quite historic for, for the community, really. Um, and again, we're very excited with what we've come up with. We just uh, can't reveal it at this stage. So. But what I wanted to ask you was, uh, obviously, uh, football at the grassroots does need as many sponsors as it can get because these are small clubs that are, you know, that are vying to to keep uh, coaches and and sporting ovals and and all of that in sort of good nick. But uh, are there clubs? Are there are there more sponsors out there than clubs? Do do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I know clubs are looking for sponsors. Are you aware if there are a group of people that would happily sponsor a club, they just haven't been approached? Yes, yeah, certainly. And, and I think a lot of that is, is comes down to um, how educated the volunteers are at the clubs and, and actually the resources the clubs have because, um, let's face it, you know, there's a lot of uh, volunteers out there who who, who are time poor. They, they uh, do a lot of things like everybody else, uh, parents, and, and they've got full-time jobs. So uh, a lot of the um, tasks they get um, dealt with at the club, they just don't have either the expertise or expertise all the time. But I think from our perspective is is I'm trying to use this or we're trying to use this network as also the platform to provide education to the club. Some again, some clubs are better than others and, and again um, it depends what tier um, that club or that level of competition that they're they're playing in. But um, you know from a grassroots club um, at, a, at a community level it is very hard to to get sponsorship and we're trying to provide those um, sustainable relationships for them via the network, but also, again, education um, via the network to provide guidelines and uh, ways about how to um, provide sponsors value for money for their investments because the sponsors are also looking at other opportunities um, with other sports as well. It's, it's a very competitive environment. Anthony, it's Carlos. Uh, what I love about what's happening at the level below the A-League is, you know, what's happening at the MPL level, for example, is we're getting the likes of Heidelberg, Hume City, last year Bentley Green, South Melbourne. I mean, these are these are clubs who are, have been revitalised by the FFA Cup. Uh, do you think that you might get a lot more buy-in from these potential sponsors because of the potential at that level now? And, and who knows, in, in five, ten years, we may even have an A-League second division, which will be predominantly uh, sort of, uh, you know, participated uh, the participation of the teams would come from the obviously from the state leagues and the and the MPLs. Definitely, the the introduction of the MPL and, and PlayStation Four coming in to to sponsor that nationally, um, but also the FFA Cup has really raised the profile 
of of uh, state football um, in this country, and and I guess with that is comes the commercialisation uh, for the clubs um, and and the potential to really market their 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 club, um, you know, amongst the other sports. Um, and you know, if you ask Heidelberg that they had eleven thousand people at uh, Olympic Village against Melbourne City, you know, were they prepared for that months before? You know, did, were they prepared for that success? Were you know, um, was it uh, strung upon them? Did they have did they have um, the necessary resources available to to, to leverage um, that opportunity by having over a thousand people there? You know, what what opportunities did they provide to sponsors and, and things? And Hume, Hume City as well. But those clubs are, have done a fantastic job with, with what they've done in terms of what they've brought also and raised the profile for for their clubs and their local municipalities as well. Um, so we, we really need to support clubs like them going forward, but also not just the MPL clubs, but every club that we have, every down to the community clubs, the grassroots clubs as well. Anthony, just clarify for me. Let's say I'm a tassel manufacturer and I want to sponsor <laughs> a club. Will I be allowed to put tassels on the club's uh, strip or is the FFE going to clamp down on some stuff? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because Vinny has a thriving tassel business. He does. I'm it's on the like, going global. Yeah, yeah well, he's right. going into Asia. Yeah. As we <laughs> speak, I'm developing yeah. the app. Mm, mm. <laughs> no, anything's possible. So whatever's going to help the club financially, I'm sure, I'm sure okay. that'll look at. That's the attitude, Anthony. That's the way. Yeah, Good. Well I'll look into it. <laughs> um, Anthony Warren here. I, I just wonder... This is your two minutes opportunity to tell sponsors. I mean, it's a crowded sponsorship and, yeah. and marketing environment. And, you know, there's lots of different opportunities for clubs, big and small, to put their money in certain directions. What do you think is the marketing advantage about looking for potential sponsors to put their money into football or soccer, as we call it? Well, you only have to look at, you know, local parking. You know, the, the kids are playing with, uh, with the round ball these days. Uh, the good thing for us is that, and you know, on the back of the Asian Cup tournament, is that the Australian Bureau of Statistics released a report that said three times more Australians play soccer than AFL or any other code. So that really, really helped us, um, you know, uh, promote that through through um, during our recruitment period for football. And and this year in Victoria, we've had a really rapid growth in terms of participation. We had a 13% increase. In participation, so we've got approximately sixty-three thousand players playing the game, uh, both male and female, which is a fantastic thing for the sport. Um, and you know, um, and, and lots more, lots more players are playing in the summer as well. You know, with futsal, outdoor five-a-side, there's a lot of social offerings as well. So, I just think it's a, it's a fantastic game to play. Um, it's very safe. You know, you get you know even at a, at a very uh, junior level, when you've got small-sided football, uh, there's a lot of touches the kids can play. So, and, and you know, the fact that there is again that male and female uh, market for sponsors, uh, there's a lot of potential there commercially. Anthony, just uh, before you go, uh, I've got a few girls in my summer sevens team who aren't showing up. Could the FFE <laughs> maybe put pressure on them to maybe <laughs> rock up on Tuesday nights because my team's getting pumped and it's not good for my CV? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll send a few text messages now for you. Thanks, mate. Hey, Good Anthony, stuff. mate, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always a really important message and, uh, you know, if it, if it helps the game in Victoria, where the Diegos are happy to help promote it. And, and just before you go there, Anthony, uh, Rodrigo likes the ravioli <laughs> for the second course. <laughs> Okay, okay no auntie problem. pasta for the first one, ravioli for the second. Bombalaska with the last one. Okay. This has got to be a bombalaska. Yeah. This is big for me, Anthony. I normally get the community events. 
So uh, this well, is... We'll speak- Speaking about the uh, contribution of, of businesses over the years, and, and especially the media, thank you for all your support as well over the years. You guys are pretty much part of the furniture of Victorian football, and I think we, uh, a lot of people should acknowledge that. Oh, good on you, Anthony, mate. That's uh, really appreciated, and um, you can come on any time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good luck, good luck with the event next week. There's okay, Anthony, Anthony Grimer, the GM of Commercial and Media at Football Federation Victoria. So just summarising that, he didn't rule the tassels in or out. No, <laughs> really, didn't. The, the nice no. thing about that is open to it. Yeah, it's open. Yeah, yeah. they're open to anything. Yeah, you know how he said we were part of the furniture, like an old couch. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's what we with tassels. Yeah, with tassels. That's right. Hey, um, let's let's quickly get back to the uh, the game tonight. Melbourne victory uh, defeated Central Coast Mariners two one on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to John in Ascot Vale, who's been waiting on patiently. He wants to talk about uh, Melbourne victory. G'day, John. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the show. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Um, yeah, victory tonight were very good. Uh, just was was talking to a few mates. At their best, what's happened to um, Adelaide and Perth? <laughs> <laughs> um, they can't get it, get any wins on the board. But at their best, I think this, they're the most exciting side. And and the other team I don't mind watching at the moment is the is the Wanderers. Um, I just can't see anyone. You know, getting near them, and I know it's early in the season, but yep. they're just un- unreal. They are, but look, they're a, they're a Barisha injury away from uh, issues. Uh, Barbarusis apparently has had dodgy adductor muscles. Uh, ben Kalfalar is due for a groin at some stage. I mean, look, things happen there. Things happen, John. So we're seven games in. Um, Warren called it during pre-season. Saying that they were they were unde- unbeatable. Well, they, they were the best, best team in the A League history when they won the premiership last season, and they've improved. Well, so there yeah, you okay, go. But you you called in the preseason. Yeah, that's a you good know, call. You know, we we <laughs> even if you do we, say we can make the call. But Kevin Musket will be putting a oh, lid on things yeah. because he knows he's been around the block, and to to call it so early. And look, Sydney had had some good opportunities in the second half on the weekend. They're not going to lie down. And they're going to learn a lot from that first game. So uh, at the moment, no question. No question there, John. They're fantastic. Uh, but, you know, there's some tough teams. Brisbane Raw. Yep. Brisbane Raw, Sydney, West Sydney Wanderers. Uh, they're going to really, really... And even Newcastle beat victory. I mean, on their day, they're going to take points from from teams. So, uh, And still, we've got commentators saying Melbourne City are a chance. So they might turn around and go on a bit of a run. I think there's still a long way to go, but, geez, they're playing good football. Thanks for your call there, John, um, and thanks for holding. Hey, that's an uh, interesting topic, an interesting topic that we'll, mm. uh, we'll talk about after the break and we'll uh, invite your calls on 94291116. Is with the Asian Champions League coming, Melbourne Victory have to make a decision on um, who to take. Three, three international players only can From go. five, yeah, and the five we're talking about, these guys are superstars. Costa Barbarousis. Uh, uh, Fade Ben Calfalar, uh, Del Pierre, Barisha, and Finkler. I mean, they're the five best players in the team. You've got to pick three, and they're not going to go and make up the numbers in the Asian Champions League. They're expected to win this thing after West Sydney Wanderers won it last year. So, who do you take? Well, who do you chop, and who do you take? And by the way, also, with your answer, tell us about the chat that Musket's going to have with the two that are going to miss out. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. How are you going to break it to Barisha? Are you going to break it to Finkler, Barbarousis? Uh, you know, uh, Fade Ben Kalfalar doesn't like getting taken off 
Oh, yeah, no, he'll be very the 89th upset. minute gets taken off, he's upset. Yep. So how are you going to tell these yeah. guys? Let us know your thoughts. 94291116 or on 0433981116. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Ex-Aston Villa striker Dalian Atkinson began his career in Turkish footy by having sheep's blood daubed over his forehead. Dalian's club Fenerbahce traditionally slaughter a sheep on the pitch and smear the players' foreheads with its blood, believing that this improves their chance of slaughtering the opposition. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle on this Thursday night. Uh, A-League round uh, started tonight. Melbourne victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1 in case you just joined us. Uh, Keith Finkler scored twice in the 16th and 19th minute of two beautiful goals and Matt Sims scored late for Central Coast Mariners. Amy Park, the crowd was 16,669. The hotline was going hot in the first hour on uh, 94291116. Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. What you thought about the game tonight? Uh, no Berisha, no Valeri. Great, great effort by the victory. Um, give us a call, 94291116, or on the text message on 0433981116. This is an interesting one. Hi, guys. Did you know next time these two sides meet on January the 8th, they play at Simmons Stadium in Geelong, in a Mariners home game. That's okay. Michael in Mornington. That's an interesting point there. Um, Are there palm trees in Lawn? Well, absolutely. There's, well, there's... It's, it's, uh, it's a surf coast. That's but, right. But that, is it a palm tree area? Not really. So palm trees are f- imported, Carlos, normally to Victoria, okay. and then planted. Okay, really. So yeah. there are some <laughs> okay. somewhere, I would think. Yeah. The great thing about uh, victory, this victory side is that they have so many players who can win a game off their own boot. Tonight, the Fink stood up big. That's uh, Peterson. And, um, yeah, we're getting some interesting text messages. Here's one from Paul, just before we go to our feature hot topic for mm. this hour, guys. Um, are the victory chasing Alex Wilkinson in December <laughs> when kidding. his contract in Korea runs out? You've That's got to be kidding. Why not? Uh, I'll tell you what. Why wouldn't you chase They him? work... They work He's with an player. abacus. He's they work player. with an abacus. <laughs> if Wilkinson could get under their salary cap, <laughs> bearing in mind he'd be coming back from South perfectly Korea. Managed, they're they, a perfectly managed okay. salary cap at victory. Go through Paul the Trimboli. Go through the team. He's the cleanest football come accountant yeah, well, that I know. There's something about oh, washing look, money. I don't know what it's Bar- called. Barisha is their international marquee, so he's getting the world. Right? That's outside the cap? Yeah, it's outside I, the cap. Okay, good. Uh, Oli Bazanik is the Australian marquee. He's getting the world. Outside, outside, the, outside cap. the cap. Right? Yep. Archie gets the old man's benefits. Yep. Yeah, outside the cap. Outside or the cap. sums in, Which, sums yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, just the additional couple so hundred thousand. So base payment in. Yeah, so he's right. He just okay. wants a medallion to a nightclub anyway. He doesn't. <laughs> um, who else have we got? Uh, Valeri, well, well, you know. He, he's quite happy with just getting paid pasta. <laughs> he's done it all. He's, done, right. he's made enough money in Italy. Berisha is the okay. Is what's the cap? The marquee player. You, I yeah. don't know if you mentioned Berisha, yeah. did you? Yeah, Berisha. Yeah, 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 he's the marquee what's player. What's the he's, cap? The cap is, is two point one. Okay, I'll, we'll do the maths okay. on the way through. Okay, Danny Vukovic couldn't wait to get a, No, he couldn't couldn't wait to get out of Perth. He's come for nothing. Three hundred. He's come for nothing. Three hundred. Scotty Galloway, mate, he plays for Peter. Hundred and fifty. Danny Georgeski. Four fifty. Would rather play in Australia. Safer. Yeah, 250, absolutely. 250, 600. Lee Broxon, he just, he plays for clothes. 250, <laughs> 250, 850. Okay, you're counting this? Yeah, yeah. Guy Finkler, you pay him a bit. 500. Oh, no, no way, no way. 400. No way, 350. 350. 350. 350. 
Brazilian is happy to be in Australia. Three fifty. Three fifty. That's about a million. Costa Barbarusis, New Zealander. I don't care how good he is. Well, he can't go back to Wellington, can he? Uh, uh, three fifty. He's got limited options. Three fifty. Right? Conservative. Connor Payne. One fifty. He's on minimum wage. One fifty. Not because he's a bad player, but We're because he's a kid. We're about one seven. We're about one point seven. Um. Uh, Razid Mahaj, he's just happy to get a game. 150. <laughs> he's just happy to get a game. 150. Matthew Delpierre. Mm. Uh, oh. He's looked after. He's looked after. <laughs> he's 450. What did you say the salary cap there, was? There'd be yeah. contra stuff there, Carlos. <laughs> there'd be contra stuff. There. 450. Dylan, Dylan Manane, kid. 150. Just happy to, just happy to be We're there. We're up over two, aren't George we? Howard pays the club to play. <laughs> so that's okay. So they're, they're back And Lawrence Thomas, just happy to be there. Okay, Jesse Macarunas, he gets paid during the Asian Champions League because he doesn't play <laughs> other time. Yep. Thomas Deng, happy to be there. So yep. what's that up to? It adds up to about, about three mil. No, no way. No, no I think way. I think Carl's about 2.8. The way no, you, no, the, way, no. the, the numbers that you've thrown There's out. allowances too. Oh, of course there is. There's allowances, no, no. you know. So uh, Alex Wilkinson's pretty much coming back from South Korea well, for actually, no money. An anonymous text, but uh, we'll read it out anyway. Rumours are that Del Pierre is retiring at the end of the season. Wilkinson could be a good replacement. Absolutely. Now that, That'll fit him in nicely. I don't have any issues with that. That's no, you're not smart, suggesting he's not a good pickup. You're just saying. No, no. How, how do they fit yeah. him in if Del Pierre's playing? Well, they start wooing him now. You've got to woo him. Yeah. <laughs> you're questioning the integrity no, 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 of, no, of Paul no, Trimboli, no, the football no. operations manager. I wasn't questioning. You are. No, I wasn't. And Ian Robson. And Kevin Musket. No. You're actually questioning was, the integrity of Kevin Musket. <laughs> okay, I was. No, no. <laughs> no I wasn't. No, but there's no way Wilkinson can be fitted into the salary well, cap how, the way how, that's constructed at the victory right now. How They're chockers. They're, they'd have to be chockers <laughs> on the on the cap. Look, yeah. all it takes Without is... Without being over. All it takes is a serious, you know, osteitis pubis problem with one of them. Injury list... Bring them in, and it fits in nicely. Or a Melbourne City calf problem? Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, so um, that was. Are they measuring moisture levels at the? Yeah, are they? I did enjoy the uh, auction just then. It was very yeah. good, boys. Well done. Um, hey, the the hot topic that we talked about for this hour was, you know, given that the Victory are playing in the Asian Champions League, they've got five fairly good they're internationals. A wash. They're a wash. <laughs> they're a wash with, with internationals. Yeah. They can only take three. Yeah. And so this, these are the internationals. Okay. You've got to choose three of the five. Right, Costa Barbarusis. Yep. Okay, plays for nothing, but still. Uh, 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 Fahid Ben Kalfala, okay. Uh, Matthew Delpierre, uh, Bessar Barisha, and Guy Finkler. Now, Finkler on um, the goals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was a caller That's earlier a, yeah. who... Uh, yeah, he loves Finkler. Really effusive yeah. in his praise yeah. of Guy Finkler. Do we all agree that Barisha has to go? Plays. Yeah, he has go. to play. Yep. Okay, that's one. He plays. Right? By the way, there's a there's a, an opportunity here for UFC. <laughs> Just, you know, five men, three will go in the cage. Yeah, oh, sort yeah. it out that way. Not that uh, I want them at... Yeah, that's another hot topic. Who'd yeah. win that fight, right? <laughs> uh, and I think, I personally reckon you've got to go with Del Pierre. Yes. You yeah. have to. So that's, that's your agree two. That. So out of the three, Costa, uh, Fahid... Or yep. Guy. Look, me, I'd take Costa. I would too. Yeah. Barbarossa's for me. Um, Mark Yunus on the uh, Twitter said that MDP will be rested due to a man of game. So based on form, I would take Barisha, Costa Barbarossa and Guy Finkler. Thanks mm. for that, Mark. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, if that's the, if that's the case, then it's going to be between Finkler and Barbarossa's. Uh, not Barbarossa's, uh, Kalfalara, I reckon. Finkler missed oh, well, out I last think, time. I think that's easy then. Didn't mm. Finkler miss out last time yeah, he was did. coming back from his he knee did. injury? That was very controversial, actually, that they didn't play him because he was coming back and doing quite well. So are we saying... What's easy there, Carlos, do you think? No, I, I think, I think if, they, if they want to win and um, they, they need the firepower up front 
just in case Barisha gets injured or something. I'm not sure what the rule is if someone like Barisha gets injured, whether you can bring someone else into the squad. You've got to have Barbarousas and Barisha and Del Pierre, I think. Okay. There you go. Well, yeah, but saying um, if Del Pierre's getting rested, I know that's that's a, that's a tweet. But, well, he um, might get rested. If he does see, get rested, Finkler has to go. I, I would argue that uh, maybe Barbarousas can, well, Connor Payne can do the work of Costa and you keep uh, if for, for Ben Calfala. In. Interesting. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Who do you think victory should take? Uh, the one who is a must is Barbarousas. He goes to Asia no matter what. He's the glue on the wing and the speed. Yeah, that's interesting. He uh, changed the game. Yeah, he's good. Absolutely player. on the weekend when he came on. He uh, also takes the pressure off Barisha, because when you've got someone who's just as as uh, as sublime as as uh, Barbarousas at times on that wing, just. Suddenly, the defenders are drawn to him and opens up things for Barisha. So. Yes, but playing over there, it's, it's harder. The humidity, it's true. all sorts of but things. I can't play I, a different I, game. I, I cannot see. I've never seen Muskie ever drop back and absorb deliberately. They did had they had to do it a bit in the second half against Sydney on the weekend, but it wasn't a deliberate sitting back, absorbing pressure, and getting on the counter attack. It was more because of the way the game went. So, uh, and guess what? Barbarisa's won the game for them basically, and Barisha, both of them together in tandem. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call tonight. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Um, hey, look. What, what we'll do now is uh, Kevin Musket did a uh, an interesting uh, interview uh, with thanks to Fox Sports. Let's let's have a listen to Melbourne Victory's uh, coach um, heading into the break. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Kevin Musket, thanks for joining us after the game. I'm just talking about Mahazi and how good he was tonight. Must please you with that depth in your midfield. Yeah, look, I thought he was—he was exceptional. You know, he—he uh, he obviously had a role to do tonight, and uh, you know, sitting in front of that back four, and then you know, late on in the game when they're sending a lot of bodies forward, and he's actually sweeping in front of the, of the front two and helping out with. And he was very, very sound in possession as well tonight. He started a lot of attacks for us. Uh, he had a good night. What about uh, your team's performance tonight? Uh, very strong in the first half. How did you assess yeah. uh, the full 90 minutes? Yeah, you're probably right there. You know, the, the first half we, we looked threatening and, uh, you know, most times when we entered their half and went, went forward uh, in the second half, there was, you know, the, we had a lot of players out there who've, uh, who've had to back up. You know, we, we haven't been able to, you know, rotate and, and, and move players on as much as we would like uh, due to injury and obviously international uh, call-ups. So uh, the players that were out there I thought were exceptional. But, you know, we surrendered a little bit of territory in the second half and, and uh, as the game wore on, we, we did... You know, individuals did look like you know they were spent. We used all the all their energy, but uh, all in all, I uh, thought we'd done enough in the first half certainly to you know, to win the game. A bit of tightness uh, creeping in in the second five days. Only five days between the two yeah. games, but Connor Payne, as he often does, created that spark. Yeah. But sometimes uh, the decision making, I can sense the frustration from the bench that uh, this wasn't right. There. Is that because when a player comes yeah. in, it's a little bit hard to find that rhythm? Yeah, without doubt, and he, he carved out a couple of opportunities for himself, and he'd be disappointed and he'd be frustrated, uh, you know, that he didn't score that goal. This could be the one come up where he beats uh, the defender on the outside and, and he misses the target. A little bit of composure because he'd done ever so well to get himself in that position, and, and it is difficult when you come on, but, you know, what, what we do ask and, you know, what's required is to, to come and have an influence in the game and, and help the teammates, and, uh, you know, for periods there, Connor did, and, uh, you know, Jesse did where he come on, add some freshness as well, so look, it's a little bit of a, a break for 
for us now, considering you know nine days to, to our next game. Uh, but uh, you know we'll use that time to obviously freshen up uh, the players who have played a lot of minutes and and also assess the boys who didn't play. Now Roy O'Donovan could probably consider himself lucky to uh, be on the park uh, at the halftime break. Lee Roxham, your captain yeah. on the receiving end uh, of a fairly hefty tal- challenge. I'm not sure if you've seen it again, but uh, yeah. here it is uh, now. Pretty late. What was your view on it? Nah, look, uh, during during uh, normal time, uh, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, obviously, Ben was you know on hand, and he deemed it to, to be a yellow card. Look, I haven't said that. You know, maybe maybe he missed that one, but uh, I thought uh, you know Ben Ben had a great game tonight. Uh, that's a sort of challenge, Archie, that could do some real damage though when you when you slow it down. Uh, yeah. what, what, what did you think? Well, I, well, I must have been coming down the elevator when that was out. But uh, <laughs> if I had seen that, I mean, for me, that that's. Yeah, that's late. Um, he had no intention. The ball was already gone. It was, he had no real intention of going for the ball. But I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to get in trouble. But, um, you know, people at home will know. I've got a checkbook. I can help you out. <laughs> oh, yeah, OK. It's a red then, mate. <laughs> it was a red. <laughs> I, I want to ask, uh, Kevin, uh, just looking ahead a little bit, uh, the boys are talking uh, in the call about uh, the Asian Champions League. It's a, it's a really tricky decision for you to make in terms of your foreign players. Uh, you've only got three at your disposal that you can choose as part of the squad. Uh, is, is the next month... Uh, partly a test for some of those players who are vying for a position in the Asian Champions League, or do you have a, a view that you know we need to get our spine right, Marisha and, and Del Pierre pick themselves, and then it's up for grabs? No, that's certainly not the case. And uh, you know, from our perspective, you say you know every game's a test. It, it's beyond that. You know, you, you know we, we've created an environment where you know every training session's a test, and uh, uh, you know that's the way you know you're going to get yourself into the team, and that's the way you're going to stay there. Uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. There's still a lot of football to be played, uh, so there's no point concentrating and whining about it too much. You know, we've got a, a big job now, a, a good job in our hands to make sure we get, you know, everyone right and everyone available for uh, Adelaide in, as I said, nine days' time. And just on that, Carl Valeri uh, missing tonight, as uh, as did Bessar Barisha. Will they be uh, right for next weekend? Yeah, Carl, um, you know, Carl uh, missed a couple of games uh, with a little niggle uh, in his hamstring that's related to his back. Uh, come back, uh, performed better so well, uh, but it just didn't disappear. So, you know, we've taken the, the approach now that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep him on the sidelines for as long as it takes to get him 100% and then we'll bring him back in. All right, well, you can enjoy the rest of the weekend now. You're top of the table for tonight at least. Will do. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, uh, Kevin Musker joining us uh, in our post game. When Brazilian football manager Wanderly Luxemburgo was asked about what qualities he looks for in a player, he replied, A player who conjugates the verb in the first person, singular, cannot be part of the squad. He has to conjugate the verb in the first person, plural, we. We want to conquer, we are going to conquer. Using the I word when you're in a group makes things complicated. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's. The final whistle here on a Thursday night. Thanks for joining us. We've appreciated your calls and your text messages. Uh, Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners uh, 2-1. Guy Finkler scored twice in the 16th and the 19th minute. Matt Sims scored for Central Coast uh, in the 89th minute. Amy Park had uh, 16,000 669 people in it tonight and uh, it was a good night for Melbourne Victory. They go to the top of the A-League table after six games played, so um, equal on goal difference with uh, Brisbane Raw, but uh, but yeah, after six games, Melbourne Victory, uh, um, where a lot of people tonight think in their rightful position. And, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but will Melbourne City do Victory a favour? We'll talk about Melbourne City, as you said, Carlos, very, very shortly, and hopefully we'll... Uh, 
we'll get Warren sparked up a little bit. But uh, 94291116, we're still taking your calls tonight on the Victory Own This Town hotline. Let's go to Richie in Caroline's Springs and uh, wants to talk about uh, the hot topic that we came up with, uh, with in the second hour. G'day, Richie. Welcome to the show. G'day, Gents. How you going? Yeah, good. Excellent. That's good. Um, so how many players can go to, go to Europe? How many internationals can we take with us? Uh, to Asia? Uh, yeah, three three out of the five that you've got on your list. Three out of five. Yep. So which ones are you going to go with? Yeah, to be honest, I'll probably drop uh, the two Frenchies, both of them. Yeah, that's uh, Del Pierre and, and uh, Ben Calfalar. Well, yeah, because... there, there has been a suggestion that they're going to rest Del Pierre. You know, the older legs, and you probably want, don't want him to play too much. And Ben Calfalar, people are saying he's not in his best at the moment. So maybe you're right. Uh, nothing frustrates me more when a player 
uh, has the stance, the Ronaldo stance for the free kick <laughs> or for the cross. He's standing there. You think he's going to look like a million dollars. He's going to swerve into the go zone, and he doesn't even get beyond the first defender. And that's, I think, a real difference between our league. And, and there's no reason why we can't be better. We're, we're full-time professionals, and we're training all the time. Yeah, when you're hitting the wall at the shin level, it's not good. <laughs> that's right. I, the great caller, she thinks, thanks very I, much for your call. I don't like saying this, and this might be overstated. I think victory, box to box, forget set pieces in championship football, would run rings around... Most of the championship teams. They wouldn't run rings, but they'd be very competitive. They would be, and be very you take out set pieces, which is, I, you, you talk about things that have improved in terms of the professional game and things that haven't improved. I know as far as me being a Liverpool supporter is concerned, set piece defending has not improved in the professional era. Players don't know how to defend corners and free kicks any better than what they did 20 years ago. And if victory could cope with the physicality of that component of the game in the championship, in terms of ball playing, you know, creating chances, scoring chances and playing the ball, they would be very competitive in the championship. I've got no uh, doubt about I, I, it. I agree. I agree. It's, it's a depth also. The championship teams have more depth, but, uh, but I think but victory... You, you change the concept of victory going in to play the championship without a salary cap, okay? Yeah. And, but the quality of players they have right now plus extra players. Yep. You pick a, you pick a, a best 11 from, or you pick a, a squad from all the A-League teams and you put that team in the championship. They'd be more than competitive. Yeah, but I think victory would be competitive. I mean, yep. even Rini Coolen said many years ago when he was, you know, coaching a very good Adelaide team, when they played Brisbane Raw and they, Brisbane Raw just dismantled them. After the game, he said, this team's not playing a European uh, like sort of style, they're actually playing a European standard. That's what that Brisbane Royal team was doing. And I, that's why I still don't think victory at that level yet, but they're going to win as much as this Brisbane Royal side. But not, they, they, score, don't play, they, they, score they don't play the same way. Uh, but, uh, but I think, you know, you know I, I, don't, I don't see any of our really good sides playing teams overseas and, and being uncompetitive. I would have liked to have seen Victory play Real Madrid, yeah. for example. They they would have maybe got beaten, ten, you know, nine out of ten times, or maybe you know, you know, ninety nine out of a hundred times they might have lost to Real Madrid. But they would have been competitive against them. I yeah. reckon uh, the technical standard it, it it's quite obvious that it's improved. And uh, just watching some some of the boys turn with the ball tonight, just really quickly, and and some of the footwork's better, and the passing's. Mostly better, but it still gets a bit wayward. But I, mm. but apart from maybe perhaps the fitness, like running for the full ninety, where I think the championship they they work them really really hard. I think we're we're well on our way. Absolutely. Hey boys, tomorrow night Brisbane Raw take on Melbourne City, who are going up up north, and eight uh, pm is kick off there. Uh, we'll start with Warren tonight. Uh, what do you think of uh, Melbourne City's chances tomorrow night? I don't care. Oh, you do. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on. No. There is a point... I wouldn't have gone to you. There is a point to which I'll start... <laughs> oh, look, I will sit down with Lily and my wife, who we all barrack for Melbourne City. In fact, the whole family does. I'll sit down and watch tomorrow night. But I don't care. You should do. No, well, the do do? result is meaningless. You do, no, that's garbage. Effort, effort, effort. I just don't see enough you, effort. You, you're, just, you're just trying to talk yourself on into paper, On paper, they should have the best team on the park that they've had all season. I think Franich, Moy and Williams will play which, I mean, I don't know how much... Uh, 
a so-called marauding fullback like Ivan Frenich makes to the mechanics of the team. He's certainly an effort player. You give him credit, he plays wholehearted effort. What will you do if oh. another player gets subbed with a calf injury? Well, what will you do? Well, I tell you now, if they're measuring the moisture levels of the pitch out there, I'll be measuring my anger levels with the same <laughs> instrument because just very quietly, yeah. if that – look – I'm actually just glad they're talking the, about it. Just explain to the people out there. Yeah, apparently they've you know their their six best players have had calf injuries this season, and also Corin had the same thing last season. Yep. Not only did he have it last season, but he had it on both legs last year. So something's going on mm-hmm. down there with the calf injuries. Um, and this week, uh, Lynchy Michael Lynch, uh, terrific article with uh, John Van Skip, where John Van Skip talked about that they're, they've, they've searched high and low, they've investigated, and they think it's the ground, the training ground there at uh, La Trobe, and they're saying the ground's too hard. So now they're watering it, mm. and they're, they're, it's scientific. They're, it's, apparently they're measuring the, the moisture levels in, yeah. the, in the ground. And it's not a cow paddock either. See, no, it's beautiful. the car park man at the MCG might be Melbourne City, but uh, the groundsman <laughs> is Melbourne <laughs> Victory. Yeah, okay. Actually, a couple of interesting plots here. John Aloisi, of course... Uh, was sacked by Melbourne City, and uh, Ivan Franjic uh, goes back home. Uh, obviously, is Eric Pardaloo playing as well? So there's a mm. yeah, Pardaloo will be of, uh, in and around the place, I'd say. And Zulo many yeah. years ago was a Brisbane Raw player. Yeah, too. although he, he might not play, I don't yeah. think he's still injured. And, and clearly, after speaking with Ross Aloisi last night, uh, Brisbane Raw are a little bit upset at Manchester City for taking Luke Bracton too. Manchester Bracken. City slash, slash Melbourne, Melbourne City. City. He did say that yeah, last night, didn't he? Because apparently they took him away. Yes. From Raw, I thought he was in dispute with the club yeah. over payments. You would have helped, if, would have helped if the club was paying him. Paying yeah. him what he was due, and that's probably what let him go Look, free. I don't think. Well, they'll win tomorrow night if they've got <laughs> if they've got if they've got a heart and they've got blood pumping through their veins. You'll expect a better performance. They're going to win tomorrow night, but does it mean anything? No, it doesn't mean no, anything because they've let no, you down no. the week after I, or I've two been, two weeks later. Yeah, but it's got to mean something. They, if they win and they win nobly and and you know, nobly. It, it's got to. <laughs> That's so benevolent of you as a victory fan. Well, no, it, it's true. Nobly, like, you still want your, your team. I don't like winning ugly. I'm, I'm not into that. I, yeah. I want to win beautiful because it's a beautiful game, right? <laughs> so if they win nobly and they show up and, and 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 they show you things, you've got to be excited by that. No, I won't be excited. I'll be happy. Will, will your kids and, and, the, and oh, the family, and your wife, the family, will be happy? Actually, yeah. it shows you. My daughter Lily wants to go to a Melbourne City game for her birthday. Now I don't know what that makes her. Yep. Na- narcissistic. I don't know what that makes <laughs> yeah. her. But uh, no, yeah. it's um, anyway. Yeah. I, I, I there'll be room. I would be happy <laughs> if Melbourne City won. I'll 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 take your happiness because I think it'll be great if they uh, beat Brisbane Raw. But I'm not because sure I want to actually I'll go get Fauna Rowley's name right. Yeah. I'll go, well done. Thank well you. Well done. I'll go as far as to say I'll be shocked if City don't win tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> But having said that, it means nothing about their potential this season. <laughs> All right, boys, we need to take a break now and come back with uh, the final minutes of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Wherever I go, people are waving at me. Maybe if I do a good job, they'll use all their fingers. This has been a sad coaching moment. 
by the four Diego's. Yes, we're coming around the home stretch with the final whistle tonight. Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 2 1 at Amy Park, 16,669. Giff Inkler scored twice uh, for Victory, and Matt Sim scored for Central Coast Mariners. Just quickly before we go, how will that mess City beat Brisbane away? You, you can put who you want in that side. They have a culture issue. Let's, is, uh, is there a name to that SMS? No, it's anonymous. But uh, anonymous, they're going to win. They, well, Carlos says they're going to win. But it will mean nothing. It will mean nothing when they do win. There you go. Hey, thanks for your calls today and also your text messages. The other games um, over the weekend, of course, uh, Wanderers take on Wellington Phoenix on Saturday, Perth Glory and Sydney FC on Saturday night, and then on Sunday. It's Adelaide United and Newcastle Jets. Coming up after the Diego's, it's All Night Appetite, and we'll be back next Wednesday with the Four Diego's uh, football show. So remember, Carlosh. We have a Puerto Rican girls hangout. We'll be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll be there. Wherever there are girls with fear on their head and balls in their face. We'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Oh, hey.